Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Early odds with Joe Ostrowski. Oregon's down by 12. They're on the 45-yard line with no timeouts. Oregon's got an all-American field goal kicker. Why didn't somebody tell me? Bet with an edge. He'd find out the kind of inside stuff nobody else knew, and that's what he put his money on. He even figured out the different bounce you got off the different kinds of wood they used on college basketball courts, you know? Early odds with Joe Ostrowski. A friend of mine is very smart, said I've been very lucky with gambling. I've never won. So in the end, it's the one seed from the AFC against the one seed from the NFC. Next week, going to be a lot of fun. My flight for Glendale, Arizona leaves midway tomorrow. We'll be broadcasting all week, 8 to 11 a.m. from the BetMGM Sportsbook right next to the stadium. This is the new norm, guys. I figured we'd get here one day. But still, you wake up. Oh, Massachusetts went legal the other day. Ohio seems to be a complete powerhouse uh, way past the majority of the country uh, with legalized sports betting, sports betting shows on Radio Row, sports books adjacent to Pro Stadium, something we're going to see at Wrigley in short order. Check us out all week as we go over every which way to bet the Super Bowl on the BetQL Network. Again, 8 to 11 a.m. weekdays. On 105.9 FM HD2, you can use the Odyssey app, go to the BetQL Network channel, watch us via Twitch, via YouTube, and there's always the BetQL Daily Podcast. For now, this is Early Odds. I'm Joe Ostrowski, hanging out with you for the next hour on 670 The Score, and I'm live from the Score Hyundai Studios, presented by your local Hyundai dealers. All right, you have to wait one more weekend until the Super Bowl and all sorts of betting options that you have. Let's start to break some of that down with one of the sharpest bettors we know, a regular visitor here on Early Odds. His name is Adam Chernoff, at Adam Chernoff on Twitter, and he's uh, really busy right now diving right in from the NFL to the college basketball season. Great work over at Right Angle Sports. How you doing, Adam? I'm doing well. Like you mentioned, about seven and a half more days to go. So hopefully anyone listening can uh, keep in mind what's said and remember it while we wait for the game to kick off. I got the sense from afar that some people were frustrated with your group last week, even though you gave out the right side. Like, <laughs> hey, the Chiefs should not be dogs. They should not be dogs by this much. And it got to that two and a half number at some spots, plus two and a half against Cincinnati. Then there was that big movement. Well, the story this week was all of the movement that we saw in the 13, 14 minutes after the Super Bowl matchup was first posted. Did you move that number too? This week, it was not us. That was a collective effort by everybody who was jumping in early and betting it. Last week, 
That was certainly us on Kansas City plus two and a half. Had a lot of impact there to the market, which eventually closed KC minus two. Um, with some of the the injury reports coming out for a couple of days now, this one, I, I honestly, I thought it was going to come back, and I thought KC could close favored. But I tell you, if this health situation for Kansas City, especially on offense, continues to trend how it has this week, mm-hmm. I don't think we're getting there. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's something that I've been wondering because we, we kind of peaked. It felt like at Philadelphia minus two and a half and it's been trickling down, which reminds you of what happened last week, but we were getting some information on the health of Mahomes, And that kind of leads me to my next question. I guess you sort of answered it there. Uh, we've seen the chiefs offense and Mahomes get back to the super bowl without Tyreek. And one of the big stories, in addition to the health of both Mahomes and Hertz is the cluster situation with the Chiefs receivers. How much does it matter when you have Mahomes and you have Kelsey, those other pieces? We did see last week MVS just bust out with his monster performance. Well, let's separate last week from what we're going to see next week in Super Bowl Sunday. So mm-hmm. in the conference championships, the reason that the line initially moved as much as it did was entirely on the health of Mahomes because everyone else at the time was healthy. We had reason to believe that he was a lot healthier than the betting market was suggesting. And that information that we had turned out to be very real. Like you mentioned, he had an enormous game. The difference in this game coming up for the Super Bowl is that a high ankle sprain is typically a four-week injury for quarterbacks. He will be at three weeks in a day. He's obviously healing and recovering at a rate that is much quicker. So there's no worry, at least on my part, for Mahomes in the Super Bowl. But when we saw him in the second half have to operate without Hardman, without Smith-Schuster, without Tony, and you have to rely on the likes of Marcus Kemp making his first catch of the season, there just was so little space wide open for these receivers against the Bengals defense that quite frankly is worse than what they are going to face in a coverage unit in Philadelphia. So it definitely matters when you look at the collection of these three injuries to Hardman, Smith, Schuster, and Tony, if all three of those guys do not play Mahomes is phenomenal. He's the best player in the league without those three guys. It's going to be a very difficult battle against this Philly uh, defense and just the way that they play schematically. It's going to be a very tough go for Kansas city. Adam, let's stick with what matters it's challenging to handicap this Eagle squad. When you look at the opposing quarterbacks they've had in hurts, you know, when he's been out there though, even though it's not against the toughest competition, not high level quarterbacks, like of course the best in the league right now in Mahomes, they have gotten the job done. How hard is it to handicap the Eagles? And then with that, we've talked a little bit about it this week on the show. And, and, and I'll just flat out say that I, I don't think you should focus on it too much if at all, uh, their matchup in 2021, week four, no A.J. Brown, Tyreek, who had 186 and three touchdowns in that game and hurts through for 48, something we do not see anymore. But then again, game script wise, how often have we seen hurts play from behind? So how tough is it to handicap the Eagles? And with that, do you even look at this matchup from last season? I'm not looking at the one from last season, honestly. Um, Mm -hmm. When it comes to the strength of schedule for the Eagles this year, massive talking point. Uh, I think it matters, but the most important thing to think about if you're using that as a reason to bet is what has changed or what might have been upgraded 
too far along the way within this schedule. And so what I mean by that is, on one hand, you can look at the strength of schedule and say that they have played no real quarterbacks. It's San Francisco without their first, second, third, or fourth string quarterback. Is the Giants with Daniel Jones twice in games with Hurts before that. Chicago, the Giants again, Tennessee. Like You can go through it all. There hasn't been a lot of competition in terms of great quarterbacks on the other side. However, when you're winning games by three, four, five touchdowns week after week after week, you're exceeding the expectation that is put on you from the betting market, which matters a ton. The question in this circumstance is when you look at any sort of power ratings, if you group them all together in like an aggregate, just to see where the Chiefs and where the Eagles were rated relative to one another the entire season, there's very few examples where anywhere in the entire season will you find power ratings that had the Eagles higher than the Chiefs. And remember, this is a neutral field game, so you're not getting home field advantage one way or the other. So that higher rated team should be justified to be favored. In this case, we're obviously seeing the Eagles as a favorite, which means when you're looking at this with the strength of schedule, who have they played, really the the biggest upgrade or the biggest change in the rating for the Eagles is this week, which means you're upgrading them for what they did against San Francisco and potentially somewhat against what they did against the Giants. And so if you believe that we have seen the Eagles sort of fundamentally change in the last two weeks to where they've jumped from being rated below Kansas City to above them, then that's really the only way that you can get to this price. Any other conclusion you're going to get to is going to lead you towards betting Kansas City outside of the injury situation that exists. And so that's really the long and the short of the handicap here when it comes to the Super Bowl and this point spread specifically. Early odds with Joe Ostrowski, Sports Radio 670. The score, my guest this morning, Adam Chernoff, Right Angle Sports. Why is Jalen Hurts the favorite to be the MVP? I, I just look at this Eagles team and you try to envision a scenario of them winning the Super Bowl. Okay, I think we can come up with a number of stories where you have different MVP possibilities. Not so much on the KC side, even though I am holding a couple of non-Mahomes tickets. Uh, not so much on that side. And, and short favorite, and they make that short favorite, the quarterback of that team, the MVP favorite, which I just disagree with due to the possibilities. What do you think? We kind of see this every year, Joe. Uh, I think you'll attest to that um, in your experience covering games like this. We always see the quarterbacks sort of correlated to what the point spread or the money line suggests. A lot of people, every Super Bowl, the weeks leading up to it, will make the case that the price is too long because uh, it's always going to be slightly different from the money line because it's a 20, 30, 40 way market rather than a, a two way market like the money line. So, so the sort of justification people will have is, well, why would you bet the Eagles at minus 120 when you can bet Hertz at right. plus money? If the Eagles win, he's surely to be the MVP. He's the quarterback of the winning team. I, I think that this is something that's so widely discussed and so widely sort of thought about that it's difficult to find a lot of scenarios where it's not priced correctly within the MVP market itself. And so the reason that he is where he is is just because he's the quarterback and he gets the default pricing because of that. Mm -hmm. But it's not really an angle that I entertain. And like you said, I think there's a lot of ways which this game can go in terms of just a standout individual performance. All right, let's start with the Philadelphia side. 
any player props that you are interested in with the uh, short favorite? So sticking on the topic of Jalen Hurts, I would be intrigued by his rushing yards under, which may sort of maybe upset people that (laughs) I know, I know rushing yards for QBs in the playoffs, especially within the Super Bowl, Very, very popular. Um, I think that he and the Eagles as well, the number right now is 49 and a half. He and the Eagles have benefited from, never mind the strength of schedule. I'm putting that on the side, but the way that score lines have played out within these games, he and the Eagles have benefited from one of the most ridiculous runs of favorable score lines. And what I mean by that is in betting, when it comes to betting on football, there's something that's called a negative game state. And that is when a team is trailing by a touchdown or more. And the reason that that is important is because when teams trail by a touchdown or more, their pass rate across the league, every team, every coach increases by a significant amount. They play and they call plays in a very different manner. The Eagles with Jalen Hurts as their quarterback, have not been in a negative game state beyond the first quarter since week 11, Joe. So we have to go back multiple months to see a spot where Jalen Hurts and the Eagles have been playing from behind and forced to chase and play catch-up. This is obviously going to be their most competitive matchup of any team that they have played in a very long time. I don't think that it's going to be as easy for them, and they're going to have to go to a little bit more passing than we typically see them do, which means that Hertz is going to be running a lot less than those favorable situations where they're up 7, 14, 21, and they're running the zone option, and it's working out extremely well because defenses have to sell out to stop the pass, and they just get eaten up by the run. And so I think we see Spagnuolo with a plan to prevent that, but also the game itself forcing the Eagles into different play calling than we have seen them recently. So Hertz under at 49 and a half would be a Eagles prop bet that I would look at. Okay. And on the chief side, my guess is people are going to bet Mahomes under on the rushing yards, that number much shorter, obviously at 19 and a half, any interest in uh chiefs props and why do you love Pacheco? Do you? No. <laughs> <laughs> I like, I tried to sneak that in there. My chiefs prop would be Mahomes, but it would be his passing yards. Yes. And to the over. Okay. And so you can find that like high 280s. I would play it at 290 and a half as as the ceiling there. For Mahomes specifically, he's a guy all regular season that has been closing north of 300, 310, 315. Like that's really where he has been priced. Again, in the Bengals game, this was a prop that I bet as well. And like I said, we had reason to believe before that when he was at like two sixty-eight and a half and open in the Bengals game, like we knew he was healthier than what he was being made out to be. And like I kind of alluded to, this is typically a four week injury. By the time he takes the field, he's going to be in nearly a hundred percent shape, if not a hundred percent shape, because he'll have the three plus weeks of rest and recovery. So again, for very similar reasons, the chiefs have been a team, not as much as the Eagles, but they haven't been in that negative game state since week 15. That was against the Houston Texans. So you still have to go back five games. We're used to both of these teams playing with very comfortable scorelines, very favorable situations. Again, I think this is a spot where at some point we see the Chiefs playing from behind. I think it's a competitive game that goes back and forth, mm-hmm. and that's going to keep Mahomes passing a ton as well. So at 290 and a half is 
as the ceiling. I would play Mahomes passing yards over. A few more minutes here on Early Odds with Adam Chernoff of Right Angle Sports. Uh, Adam, you, you do this day and night, and, and right now we mentioned earlier your your focus is transitioning over to college. We were speaking with the lead trader over at BetMGM the other day on BetQL Daily. He had mentioned, yeah, you know what? We're going to limit the props a little bit this year on the Super Bowl. Uh, we're going to keep it to around 800. <laughs> my, oh, oh <laughs> just, just, just 800 bets. Okay. That, that's all you have to track. Your average better just gets completely overwhelmed, even though you have two weeks, and that's completely understandable. I'm doing this every day. You are as well. I, I get overwhelmed. What sort of advice would you give, or maybe uh, tell us where exactly you focus? Do you draw the line anywhere and just be like, okay, I, I need to walk away. I don't have the time. I don't have the energy. And I don't know if it's worth it in the end to break down all sorts of angles and uh, dig up all sorts of information on 800 to 1,000 wagers. If you're an average better, don't try do 800 to 1,000 wagers. Keep it to something that you have fun with. Quite honestly, if you're an average better, like if you really want to put in the time and effort, you can find bets with a good edge still on them just by shopping and comparing odds at different sports books. But it's become so competitive when it comes to betting Super Bowl props because there's so many people who are smart that have figured out that there's a lot of advantages to be had that you're, you're just at a disadvantage to begin with. So keep it fun. Enjoy what you're betting on. Don't try to sort of play against yourself by playing so many that may sort of have like a reverse correlation. Just try to keep it simple and have fun. Now, of course, if you want to take it a step further, the easiest thing that you can do is get as many accounts as you can in Illinois. I think you have six different options. Is that right? There's six different sets of lines that you can look at. Is that correct? Correct. Seven books, six different sets of uh, numbers. Yes. So you can compare all six. You will see the same prop listed at very different prices at each one. And that's especially true the further down the menu you go. And you can key in on one book or a couple of them, whatever it might be. And you can find advantages just by comparing lines to get better bets that'll go a long way into impacting your bottom line at the end of it. And so that that would be my advice in terms of how I handle it. Nowadays, I've got to a point where for the games, like the game props specifically, like the non-player related stuff, there's really a lot of bets that you might be able to pick off early right after they open because they're they're off market. That just means that they're at a price that doesn't match up what it should be. And you just know this from experience years past what those prices should be. Um, in terms of the player stuff, it's really just a race because these get bet into place so quickly that I try to grab what I can, but I can say compared to two or three years ago, I'm betting a lot less props. I'll probably have mm -hmm. 12 to 15 that I really, really like uh, in years past. It would have been more, but it's, it's becoming a lot more difficult for me for sure. Okay. want to squeeze in a, uh, a college basketball question uh, with you. And I know you don't care about the rankings, but I think it's just, some signal of what we're seeing this year. If you've been focused in on football that every week, it's somebody else on top or a new team entering the top five or the discussion. And it really just seems like all of these teams are flawed. It's what we love about college basketball. Not only is it just so with the one and done format, so challenging uh, to win those six consecutive games, but um, it really feels like anybody can do it. And it, we're going to see it again. When we get to March, 
who's this year's North Carolina. Uh, big picture-wise, what really stands out about this college basketball season and how wide open is it going to be in March? So the team at Red Angle Sports has been doing this for 20-plus years, and they're, mm -hmm. a good, they're as good at betting on college basketball as anyone is on the entire planet. They have everything completely dialed in. So there is some strong opinions that I am not going to sort of give out because that would be detrimental to the betting side. And I know it's a bad answer, but I, I'll say anything about football when it comes to basketball. I can't really express that. But what I will say has gone a very long way in just sort of opening up college basketball and changing it. We're seeing more transfers in the offseason than any other season prior at a ridiculously high rate. And so a lot of these teams have had a ton of turnover and that in turn has made it a little bit more difficult to price accordingly, but it's leveled a lot of the competitive playing field quite a bit. And so I will say that I completely agree with you. And when you're looking at the top of the odds board into a team like Houston or Purdue or even Kansas or Arizona, like you can see potential issues with all of these teams at the top. Mm -hmm. And you just look at how condensed it goes with how many teams are priced between 20 to one and hundred to one to win the tournament. I mean, we're seeing more than ever before. And so it's just become a lot more competitive with so much turnover on all of these teams. And I think we're in for a very interesting conference tournament a couple of weeks, as well as into the, the March Madness tournament, as well as the subsequent tournaments, just because there's going to be a lot of betting angles that you can look at with some of these teams that are probably going to be a little bit overpriced just because everything's jammed in the middle. Once, once we get the field, do you think half the field could legitimately make a run to the final four? Probably not quite half, but I, I don't think you're far off. There's probably 20 to 22 teams that certainly have a chance. Whew, that's going to be fun. Adam Chernoff, fun. at Adam Chernoff on Twitter of Right Angle Sports. Adam, enjoy the Super Bowl. Enjoy March. Hope uh, we can do this again sometime soon. Absolutely. Thanks, Joe. Adam's terrific. Always incredible information. Felt good to squeeze in some college hoops uh, with the tournament right around the corner. I also felt good to see MLB win totals posted, making me think about that crack of the bat, mitts popping at camp. Let's discuss the Cubs and Sox win totals next and more Super Bowl angles. You're listening to Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski on Twitter by my name, at Joe Ostrowski. This is 670 The Score and the Odyssey app. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The Score Listener Line is powered by BetQL. Bet smarter and beat the books. Download the BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. Welcome back. Early odds with Joe Ostrowski on Sports Radio 670. The Score. We're eight days away from the Super Bowl. Plenty of time to break down all of the betting angles there, and we will do some of that with our friend Jim Miller of Hawthorne Racecourse. But Jim, it's uh, it's flying a little bit under the radar since uh, we're all prepping for the Super Bowl, looking at hundreds, if not thousands, of prop wagers. But the baseball win totals are out. I was wondering yes. when they were going to be posted. We've had World Series odds for quite some time. Those are out immediately after the Fall Classic. We've had the division odds. So we had an idea of the order that these win totals would be, but we didn't have numbers. And people were not talking about it because it was Championship Sunday. But right before Championship Sunday, these win totals came out a little bit. And you can find some differences from sports book to sports book. Let's start with your White Sox. Yes. Co-favorites to win the American League Central. So you would think that would mean they have the exact same win total as the Cleveland Guardians. They do not. The White Sox win total is a shorter number than the Guardians coming off their 81 and 81 season for the Sox. The Sox win total 84 and a half. You were all about hammering the under last season when it was 91 and a half that cleared by double digits. Yes. So I don't know that this year is going to clear by double digits. That's typically not how it works with win totals. They're dead on. They were last year team on the north side. We'll get to that in a couple minutes. Uh, 84 and a half. Strong opinion on the over or under? I am Mr. Positivity this year, Joe Ostrowski for baseball. I love the over. Love the over for this number. I was able to find as low as 83 and a half. You can search around and find numbers that are pretty good for the White Sox. Think about this, Joe. Mm -hmm. All right, last year, the White Sox were 81 and 81. They were probably the most disappointing team in baseball last year. This was a team that dealt with injuries. This was a team that had a manager that was asleep in the dugout. This was a team that had players that were told they can't run hard, and they still managed 81 victories. So you get Tony out of the dugout. That's probably five, six wins there that he cost the team each of the last two seasons. You have a new manager in who I think is going to get a lot more effort out of your players. Players, I, I would have to hope, are going to be allowed to run hard this year. You're going to have Tim Anderson back healthy. You have Andrew Benintendi this year, who not only is a good bat in the lineup, but much more solid defensively. And really, you, you lost Jose Abreu. Yeah, that's a big loss. But this is a team now coming again off what was a widely disappointing 81 and 81 season you only need three or four more victories off that disappointing year last year to go over on this year's number in a division that is basically the same once again and this was a division the Sox were supposed to run away with last year they should be right there once again this year but the division did not get any better I don't think do you 
No, not too much. You're dealing with Cleveland, a team that tends to overachieve. And you're right. A lot of that starts with the manager. I was surprised that you didn't mention Tony La Russa first. Forget the injuries uh, because you were <laughs> you were harping on horrendous he was uh, for everything involving White Sox baseball. But does that mean everything's going to repeat? I have my questions about that. Okay. You add Andrew Benintendi. What else did you do? How did you get better? The removal of a lot of the negative noise is going to be a net positive. That clearly seems to be uh, your take on White Sox in 2023. Mike Clevenger mess. And of course, Liam Hendricks. My question to you is who's your closer and who are your back of the rotation starters? Sure. Well, all right. To me, the closer I think should be Ronaldo Lopez. And I oh, hope, wow. I hope he's the guy that goes to that spot. You're going to have Garrett Crochet probably back. All right. Mm -hmm. Your your rotation, Dylan Cease is a beast. So we're not worried about him. Lance Lynn, remember, he dealt with injuries last year. Kopech should be in your rotation again and be pretty solid. Lucas yeah. Giolito still had double-digit wins last year and was terrible, but he might be a little bit better this year. So I think at least for your four in the rotation, you're going to be okay. There. Again, sorting out the Clevenger mess is one thing that might take a little bit to sort out. I You have a hard time trying to figure him into the rotation right now. But if he is, hey, if he's a four or five, he's probably a double-digit win guy too. Depending on Kopech scares me a little bit. How deep into games is he going to go? So, But, yeah, I, I think most teams you could say who's your four, who's your five, and you're not going to be all that impressed. Right. Who's to say the injuries don't pop up again? Because a lot of the injuries that we referenced are with players that get consistently hurt year after year. It's a matter of a lot. When is it going to happen? Not if. It's a matter of when is it going to happen? Who's your second baseman? I think there are a lot of questions on this roster. There are questions. Here's the thing. In my perfect world, your second baseman would be Yoan Moncada. I don't think he's a third baseman, but then you'd yeah. have to find a third baseman, of course. Right. But he does not hit for enough power to play third base. Eloy, as much as he says he's ready to play the outfield, 50 games in the outfield in the, in the season should be more than enough for him. Luis Robert, you have to figure that he's got to be more healthy. Moncada has to be more healthy than he was last year. Aloy, another guy. Andrew Vaughn was great last year and had no protection in the lineup. Gavin Sheets is a guy that should be able to come around too. I just think this is a better team. And again, Yasmani Grandal was horrible last season. If he provides a little bit more, maybe. And again, Joe, this is the team we're talking about was 81 and 81 last year. And you're talking about all these disappointments too. They were 37 and 44 at home last year. Just play 500 ball at home and you're to that number. Yeah, it was a 12-win drop last year. You're expecting at least a four-win bump yep. or a three-win bump at the very least. So that means you like them to win the division then, huh? Yeah, I think they can win the division. And I don't think there's value there right now. I, don't, I would not play the division win. I would just play the over on the total. All right, let's go to the other side of town. Cubs yeah. are the third favorite. That makes perfect sense. That's where they landed last year in the regular season. They are 6-1 to one to win the division behind St. Louis and Milwaukee. The Cubs win total is 77 and a half at most spots, 77 and a half. They put St. Louis 89 and a half. The Brewers 85 and a half. So that would be a four win bump to go over the total of 77 and a hook. When uh, I put this out there the other day on social media about the Cubs win total, some of the reaction that I received was, are you serious? They spent $300 million in free agency and they're only going to be a few wins better. That sort of uh, win total is not going to be playoffs. So no. what is this saying? I have my own angle 
on why this is. I think there are a couple of different reasons why the Cubs win total does not project a 500 season. But what do you think about this number? I, I think this is a miss too. I think they're going to go over the number also. Jameson Tyon, solid in the rotation. They added three bats that could all be potential very good bats, Swanson, Mancini, and Bellinger. And really, what'd you lose? You lost Wilson Contreras. Again, 74 wins last year. You're only having to get a few more victories. And it's a division where Cincinnati's still not very good. Pittsburgh's still not very good. I think St. Louis will be very, very good this year. I think St. Louis wins that division. And then Milwaukee is kind of that question mark offensively still. But I thought the Cubs did very well in the offseason. I, I really actually mm-hmm. like that addition of Trey Mancini now that you have the DH potential here in the NL also. So I think they're going to be a much improved team. I think they can be a 500 team, and a 500 team easily puts you over the number. Oh, well, I'm completely biased on Trey Mancini. Uh, I know his wife. I, I worked with her a little bit. Love them. Love that hire. Think he's going to be great for the clubhouse. Now, in a vacuum, I would agree with you that the additions and the changes and some of the players coming up to would let you believe that they're in for a four-win bump. And my reaction when I saw the number at 77.5, I like the over two. But I will say there are a couple of things that concern me. Maybe the number makes a little bit more sense. And here's what they are. Don't forget about the flattened schedule. We're not going right. to be seeing 19 times against the Pirates, 19 times against the Reds trying to lose. Okay? So it flattens out. And we know in the National League side, that by far, the uh, Central is the worst division. And you could say the same thing about the Central for, the, for your White Sox too. Right? So flattened schedule. You're going to see more games outside of the Central. That's pretty rough. The top of the National League is a juggernaut. Jim, usually we look at these uh, win totals before the year gets started. Maybe there's one or two that really stand out. Highest number, mid-90s. Oh, I can't believe it's that high. The Dodgers, 97 and a half. They cruise by it. You know, a couple of teams. Jim, here are the top four win totals National League. Dodgers, 96 and a half. Mets, 95 and a half. Braves, 95 and a half. Padres 93 and a half. Hey, listen, if you think a team is going to make a jump of, let's say, 10 wins, then you've got to take 10 wins away from somewhere. Where are you going to take them away from? I think that's the challenge. Schedule flattened out, top of the National League, littered with teams that could win the World Series. I think all those teams can go over that you mentioned, too. Wow. What does it do to a team like Washington? They won 55 games last year. They may struggle to get to 50 this year. True. Are are either Cincinnati or Pittsburgh going to make it to 60? Is Colorado going to make it to 60? Arizona, I thought he had, for them, a pretty good year last year, and they were 74 and 88. I don't know if they make it to 70. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. Some of these teams are going to be woefully terrible. Yeah. And these are teams that weren't active at all in the offseason, weren't getting some of the guys in divisions where teams were just loading up to. The team that really – might be in the worst position right now is the San Francisco Giants because you're in a division there where you have two teams that are going for it and you're not able to keep up. I'll be curious to see what happens in the NL West with the Giants. I think they're going to be a team that you might actually look to bet the under on their number two, but uh, it'll be a very interesting year, especially in the NL. Another change that we're seeing in the schedule with fewer divisional matchups, we're seeing more interleague games. That's going from 20 to 46. Does that hurt or help anyone? I mean, my gut reaction after talking about all these teams in the top of the National League is to say that it hurts the American League a little bit. I guess it all depends on the matchups a little bit. 
with the DH on both ends, I don't think it has that big of a factor anymore. It probably does hurt the American League a little bit, though, Joe, just because what you mentioned, the National League has more of those juggernaut type of teams, and the National League teams were the teams that were really, aside from the Yankees, making more of the major moves this year. So -hmm. I would say, yeah, it probably does work a little bit against some of those teams there when you're coming over from the American League to the National League, but it's just going to be a matter of matchups, who you're hosting and who you're going to and that. But uh, I like what they did with the schedule. I hated the 19 games against each team in the division, and I think this is going to kind of even things out a little bit more as well. Look at you drinking the Chicago Kool-Aid. He says over and over. I agree on the Cubs over, but I understand the number. I agree on the Cubs over. It sucks. I'm not I'm not as sold right now. I need them to answer a few questions about a few key spots on this roster. Early odds with Joe Ostrowski, Sports Radio 670. The score. Jim, Super Bowl, eight days away. Yes. Uh, let's talk about uh, early thoughts on the side and the total because there was some big-time movement in the first 15 minutes of this number being posted. The odds maker said the Chiefs are the favorite. The sharp bettors betting into that market minutes after it was posted said, nope, you guys are wrong. The Eagles are the favorite. So it flipped. Uh, the total's been hanging around 49 and a half, 50 in the opening moments. It came down a little bit, but it's been pretty uh, solid there at that 50, 49 and a half range. Any early thoughts side total? I'm struggling so much still just because of our survivor pool last week, trying to uh-huh. overcome that uh, three-point loss that the uh, Chiefs and officials de- delivered to Cincinnati. It really kind of hurt me there. But uh, looking at the number, I, I uh, think offici- – what, what are you talking about? The official. The offi- oh, that was what? an atrociously officiated game. Oh, okay. I'm just making sure you're not offic- talking about the last play. You oh, no, 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 no. That, no, that was, that, was, that was just dumb. But uh, (laughs) much of the game leading up to that was very poorly officiated, I felt. But coming out of that, I wasn't sold going into the playoffs on the Eagles after what I've seen the last two weeks. And, yes, okay, you were dealing with quarterback injury for San Fran, but still the Eagles were the ones who knocked out the quarterback. They they put a hurt on the Giants. I think the Eagles are the better team. I think they're a team that's going to win this game. You look at the number at one and a half even. I think as long as it stays below three, I would play the Eagles end of it. I would probably play the over here, too just because I don't think that Kansas City's really going to be able to stop the Eagles. And if they're not going to be able to stop them, then they're going to have to try to score with them. So I think there's going to be a lot of scoring in this game as well. But I do like the Eagles end of things. I lean under. I feel better about playing the under in the first half than the full game, because in the second half, who knows, this thing uh, could be completely wide open. So I'm looking at the under in the total. I'm having a tough time on the side. I really am. The Eagles, and and I'm someone who's made a good chunk of change in the playoffs betting on them because I believed in the the team, and I loved them in those two matchups. But this is different. This is Pat Mahomes. This is the best quarterback they've seen all season by far. They're tough to handicap, not only because it is clear that Jalen Hurts is hurting. He has not yet recovered from that injury suffered at Soldier Field. He's hurting, and then you've got Pat Mahomes, but a couple weeks to rest up. We don't really have much injury information. I don't know that we're going to get a ton. Uh, Casey has a number of offensive injuries. I've been going back and forth, and I understand why the point spread has gone back and forth. But going into last Sunday, I said it's going to be Chiefs and Eagles, and I like KC to win that game. But I I do have a little doubt after watching that. Any props, other angles that you're taking a look at? Well, it's it's interesting that you mentioned Jalen Hurts because you're right. I mean, he's he's kind of been playing injured throughout the whole playoffs. Patrick Mahomes is going to benefit from the two weeks off. Jalen Hurts is going to as well. And if you look right now, 
there are some props that you can catch on Hertz that may be worth looking at. All right, remember against the Niners, and they were spreading out the carries. Hertz still had 11 carries in that game, 39 yards with a long of 14 yards. Mm-hmm. Right now, if you're looking, you can get Hertz over under total for carries at 10 and a half. And remember, Philly wins and kneel down counts as a carry. That put Stafford over last year. True. So you have to put that into the mix. 48 and a half yards is the number on Hertz, and his longest rush right now is 12 and a half. I would play the over on all of those just because of having the two weeks here. I think it gives him a little bit more time. I think it gives him the ability to scramble a little bit. You know that Casey does have their issues defensively, and I do think Jalen Hurts is going to be pushed out of the pocket a little bit and will be able to take off, but I think those two weeks are going to be very beneficial to him in this spot. Yeah, all hands on deck. Uh, the Hurts rushing number, if you're going to play that 48.5, 49.5, I agree with you. If you're playing the over, you're playing the over because you think he's going to bust a long run. Well, why not yep. just play longest rush if you believe that at 12 and yep. a half or 13 and a half, as you mentioned? How they use the backs, fascinating to me because their two playoff games have been blowouts, so they've been using everyone. Are they going to continue to use Gainwell as much as they have? His number was all over the place this week. Jim, you could find it at 15 and a half. You could find it at 22 and a half. That's interesting. Is Sanders going to be the clear lead back? Is Boston Scott still going to get some run? Find it all real interesting. And I expect them to stay run heavy, try to limit possessions on the Pat Mahomes side. And uh, I'm expecting a a good game from Goddard for that Philly side for sure. So Goddard, I'm looking at uh, Pacheco KC side. Here's the thing too with Goddard. He was the guy that got six targets last week. All right. That was second to AJ Brown in that game. And he had five catches out of those six targets. They are going to look for him. I do agree with you. I, I think it probably comes down to two backs in the backfield. I think it's going to be Miles Sanders and Kenneth Gainwell. I think Sanders will actually handle more of the carries. Gainwell's the guy that did get three targets last week as well. So he's maybe more of your third down back. He may be a guy that looked to some of these combined yardage numbers. If you get that combined yardage number, which is probably going to be somewhere around, say, 45-ish, you may want to play the over there. But that might be something to look at for Gainwell as well. All right, very good. Jim Miller, Hawthorne Racecourse. We're all getting you set for a little bit for uh, the Major League Baseball season and, of course, next Sunday's big game. Jim, thanks uh, as always. We'll uh, talk soon, all right? Uh, You got it, Joe. Good luck. And don't worry, I have Jim Miller's horse plays for today at Gulfstream Park. Bet them all across the board. Race 10, take the three horse. Race 11, go with the seven. And race 12, the four horse. Again, race 10, take the three. Race 11, go with the seven. Race 12, take the four. Come on, four. Come on. Uh, With Tom Brady retired, the QB carousel could be about one Big name. I'll explain next. This is Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski. Saturday mornings, 8 to 9. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.
on 670 The Score and the Odyssey app. Early odds with Joe Ostrowski, Sports Radio 670 The Score, Super Bowl Sunday, eight days away. So no football this weekend, assuming we're not counting the Pro Bowl events or whatever they're doing. There is the NHL All-Star Weekend. Sweet. Uh, Tom Brady was favored to go to Vegas. Then he was the favorite for the next San Francisco quarterback. Now he's retired. Derek Carr's availability not creating a lot of juice in the market. Good news for the Bears, though. All the good to great QBs appear to be in the AFC. There's Jalen Hurts, an MVP contender this year, and Dak... Aaron Rodgers, I think still, maybe he could go to the Jets. They're all the way down to 25-1 to 1 for the next Super Bowl. But now what about Lamar Jackson? Odyssey insider Jason LaConfora, based in Baltimore. He has ties to the Ravens organization. So we asked JLC, what is going to happen to Lamar on BetQL Daily? Listen up. I think he's traded. Um, I think he gets the exclusive rights franchise tag coming up in a couple weeks. Uh, and then he's dealt, I think, at the combine. They, they can't really let it. I mean, this is they've been at this for years. Like, this is yeah. this has been going on forever. Since the end of his third season, right, that's when they could start trying to negotiate a new deal for him. He, he's now played out two full seasons beyond that. We're on the cusp of a franchise tag. The owner doesn't want to pay him. He doesn't want to take um, the kind of stuff that they've offered. And they fired the offensive coordinator, and they're trying to kind of figure out their new identity. And they're short on draft capital, which they don't like being um, because they traded two picks for Roquan Smith. Mm-hmm. And having him play out one year, it just it, it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. I mean, you, if you've had him for five years and there's a part of you that thinks, we'll just kick the can, then no, you should probably just trade him to somebody who will give him what he wants. Because if you give him the tag, he's not going to sign it anytime soon. So you're going to bring in a new offensive coordinator and you're going to tell him your job is to coach Lamar Jackson. But oh, by the way, we don't get a deal done soon. He's not going to be around for anything in the spring. And if we don't get a deal done by July 15th, the deadline to extend a player on a franchise deal, then he's probably not going to show up till right before week one and he's going to sign his franchise tag. And then we probably can't play him for two or three weeks. We'll have to put him on an exempt list because he hasn't been in our building in six months and he hasn't practiced. or done. So that then we're going to trade him the season after that because we're not going to give him $62 million on a franchise tag. Like, it just doesn't add up. I, I, I think it's over. I think they're done with him in a lot of ways, and I think he's done with them. And I think he ends up in the NFC, probably the NFC South, probably Atlanta. Whew. Well, Lamar would quickly strengthen the list of NFC signal callers. Jason for us says the Ravens trade Lamar to the NFC. We're out of time here on Early Odds this week. Uh, all upcoming week, you can find me broadcasting from the BetMGM Sportsbook next to the Super Bowl Stadium in Arizona. Temps now saying a balmy 75. Sorry, had to make you a little jealous. We will be live all week, 8 to 11 a.m. on the BetQL Network. That's 105.9 FM HD2. You can go to the Odyssey app. Just search the BetQL Network channel. We'll be on video on Twitch and also YouTube. Daily shows, of course, they'll be podcasted like they always are. Inside the clubhouse, coming up next, cash those tickets and keep it locked right here on 670 The Score.
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 